Not too long ago, in three distinct corners of the United States, two know-nothings and one know-something sat down to discuss a topic long thought forgot. Many things will be discovered tonight, but one thing will remain true throughout. Friendship will overcome all obstacles, and in the end, truth will be revealed. This is the Know Nothing Nerds. Oh, sorry, wrong song. Okay, here we go. Hello, our lovely nerd friends. Welcome back. Finally, to the Know Nothing Nerd podcast, I am the bearded and red-faced Twitch, as always. I'm always red-faced. I perpetually look like I got some sort of sunburn, but I'm also here with uh, my girlishly handsome uh, podcast co-host, Luke Westeros-Westcott. How are you doing, buddy? Fantastic. It's good to see you after one very long week. One very, very long week. Yes, indeed. We're still I, doing it, weekly releases, which is, it's great. It's ironically, the best thing about our podcast is yes. our consistency. Ironically, though, uh, this has definitely been the longest week of my new job thus far. So, uh, <laughs> kind of poignant to uh, today's episode. Uh, but yeah, anyways, yeah. So today we got uh, we're we're fulfilling our promise. We're finally getting back to the format of what we started out to do, which is talking about something that we absolutely know nothing about. Um, yeah. So uh, today we promised you that we would bring one of the biggest nerdums to our uh, podcast world, and that is talking about Lord of the Rings: The Fellowship of the Rings by Peter Jackson. So that's what we're going to do. And because this is kind of a historic thing of like, oh, my God, we should have done this a long time ago. Uh, we are presenting you a very special guest, a good friend of both Luke and I's, Bill Schvetz. How you doing, Bill? Hello. I'm doing wonderful. I'm hoping to fill the role of the know something nerd today. <laughs> uh, it won't be a hard job to fulfill. I guarantee yeah. no, that. No, it absolutely won't. Yeah, Lord of the Rings was was and is uh, my jam in nerddom. So that's very excited to be here. That's good to hear because uh, you can, know, like, can I can, can I make a really quick comment? This yes. is like the, I feel like this is the most COVID thing I've ever done. Really? Like, yeah, I I I genuinely feel like it is because you know you've seen the commercials that have like Zoom meetings with them and they got the people's pictures up in the up in the TV screen and yeah they're like, yeah yeah they're like trying to hand people off like warm handoffs to other folks during like events and stuff and then there's like that long pause and then someone else picks it up it's gonna sound really seamless to people listening but for the interim like just sitting here experiencing it is like the most COVID thing I think the reason I bring this up is because uh, last night uh, wait it was it was two nights ago 
420 was two days ago. Yes, it was. And uh, Alamo Draft House was doing a Dazed and Confused uh, oh, very special fitting. Like, very event fitting. screening. And they had a cast reunion. And the cast reunion is like so much. It reminds me so much of just what we're doing right now. <laughs> oh, it's great. It's great. But was, anyway, yeah. Was McConaughey Lord of the Rings, there? Was McConaughey there? McConaughey was there. And there we said, go. There right, we go. All right. All D- right. Did you hear the news about McConaughey recently? He's no. thinking he's thinking of running for governor of Texas. Yeah, because he's got a whole YouTube channel about it, doesn't he? I, I guess so. I, I don't know the details of the stuff about it, but like honestly, if I was a Texas resident, I'd probably say fuck it and go with it. You know, like <laughs> I mean in all fairness, well, okay, I, th- I the- think that's what happens yeah, yeah, every yeah. time a politician runs. People are <laughs> or, or, or a celebrity runs for yeah. a politician. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. hey. I liked him in that one movie. Yeah, I think he could. Yeah, I think he could bring down the chill meter a little bit uh, on the state of Texas, <laughs> a little bit in the politics range. I think they would probably legalize weed if that was the case. I think that his first action as governor of Texas would be like sign on the dotted line. I can smoke my reefer. <laughs> Matt McConaughey is already out polling the sitting Texas governor. <laughs> oh, <no>. So. <laughs> So I think that's worth. I think that's definitely worth. To be fair, Abbott's made some terrible choices in the recent uh, few months. So I, you know, that's understandable that he's not pulling as as great right now. I would, I would like take up residency in Texas if it meant I could vote for McConaughey to be my governor. I would absolutely do that. I do got a girlfriend that's living in Texas right now that uh, she could cast my she, vote. Exactly. That's how that works, right? Exactly. Yes. It's exactly. Yeah. There's no <laughs> voter <laughs> fraud in that at all. No, no, no. What, what are they going to do with one vote fraud? I don't think so. Yeah. Ooh, what if, what if, what if this week's episode is sponsored by Delise and her, like, we'll, we'll, we'll plug her address. Okay, and then okay. the listeners can send their ballots to her address, and then she'll ship them from her address, voting for McConaughey. That would be a this good is, idea. I think my girlfriend like, would love that idea. I think so. <laughs> I think this could be a really good campaign to get McConaughey in, <laughs> or get a lot of people in trouble with the federal government or the Texas government. They'll send the Texas Rangers after us. <laughs> We'll look out the window one day and Chuck Norris Walker Ranger is standing out there with the eagle <laughs> on his shoulder. Bill, would you go for McConaughey? Uh, you know, uh, if he doesn't have like heavy party affiliations, then absolutely. <laughs> I'm I'm a big. Uh, both parties are are not great fan. Yeah, so yeah, that's, yeah. Fair. that's fair. I feel like unless he like got on the booth and was like, yeah, and and fuck kids. We're gonna we're gonna make kids' lives miserable. I don't know if there's much he could do to no. to really turn me off from, yeah. from voting for him. Yeah, you know? no, it'd be tough. It'd be tough for sure. Yeah, but then does he stop doing film? Uh, probably for, during that time. Yeah, yeah, that he's governor. For, yeah, probably because I like his movies. Yeah, because I don't know. Which, I think I don't if, think Schwarzenegger acted during the time, except for like in stupid commercials and stuff. But mm, that's fair. That's fair. Yep. I hear you. Anyways. Busy, so. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> let's get back into it. Stop talking about McConaughey. Uh, so uh, to kick off the show, like we always do, we're just going to kind of talk about some of the stuff that we've been into. I actually got some really exciting news 
for myself yeah, yeah, personally yeah. Uh, that I'm happy to finally announce to Luke and everybody else. I have a new job and it's my dream job. I am working in the film industry finally after six long years of school and four years of being a Lyft driver. Uh, so, yeah. This is big news. This is big news. Now, big I news. was applauding on the video. Uh, yep. I didn't want to fuck up. I didn't want to fuck up what you were saying by also applauding, you know, so that you could hear it. Yeah. Maybe uh, actually, actually, okay. Uh, I, I'm going to interject just so much applause. Thunderous right applause. Now. Thunderous. And then, like. Obama will say thank you. Thank you. And now we're back. Oh, that would be um, great. I, yeah, you know, I'd yeah, love yeah. to be thanked by Obama, you know. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, Dude, that's I don't need very to blame exciting Obama. news, though. T- tell, yeah. tell, us, tell us about the job. Tell us about so, the job. So, yeah, I can't – I don't know exactly what I'm allowed to talk about specifically. I can't give you specifics about projects and stuff. But basically – It's the new Star Wars, isn't it? Y- it's the new Star Wars. I'm totally that's working with Favreau and Filoni. See? Um, See? Dude, I would I would so kill to work with them. Like, I Star Wars is a little out of my realm, but like, if they offered me to work with them, I would sign up in a heartbeat. Like, no problem. I think most of us. I think I think everyone here would at least. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. But no. Uh, so basic. My basic job is to uh, work with people that are uh, are trying to get their projects developed to where they can sell them to distributors or studios. So they hire us to basically help develop their projects, be it a feature, be it a, a, a TV series, whatever. And we kind of go from soup to nuts with it. Like we help them develop the storyline. Uh, we help them with the creation of the scripts. If they don't have scripts, we don't write it for them. They write it and we just critique sure. it and give notes and stuff like that. Essentially, it's I'm getting paid for what I've been doing for years with people specifically when I was at the film school, but for free. Uh, So it's nice to be paid to do something that I actually like to do. Uh, Although I will say that uh, some clients' projects are easier to work on than others because (laughs) they may or may not have actually studied screenwriting in one form or another. (laughs) So... There are certain projects where it's just like, yep, I got my work cut out for me. And then there's other projects where it's just like that. I, I want to watch this now. I want I want want it in my face hole now. Type right thing. now. Consume yep. this product right yep. now. But, so, yeah, it, okay. it's going good. You can, you can, you can not answer this yeah. for sure. That's fine. But I would really love to know if, if you could – pilot or push or pitch uh the society season two i wish i could i wish i could that it would elate me so much if i could do that but i don't have those type of connections like damn it you'll get there hopefully you know like that should be your that should be your primary motivation moving forward from here on out it's just like i have to get season two of the society on the books i i will break your heart a little bit um i did download the pilot script for uh the society and it's just as beautiful written on the page as it is on screen um there is definitely some differences between page to screen but like yeah 
Oh, it makes it makes my heart sad. The society. Yeah, it makes my heart. R.A.P. Bill, did you see the society? I have not seen the society. Dude, okay, Bill, the society. Is it on the watch list now? We should actually. You know what? Thanks for listening, guys. It was really good having Bill here. <laughs> Thank you for guesting. He actually has to go. He has to go right now. He needs to go binge the society Dude, right considering now. Considering how much you like, considering how how behind the one hundred you were. I oh, really yeah. do think you would adore the society. I think you would okay. adore the if society. you like the hundred. In my opinion, yes. yes. In my opinion, I think the society was had a better first season than the one hundred did, and also I I definitely think that the society had more potential than the one hundred did. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. Yeah. They, no, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. I've, I've got a hotel quarantine coming up. So oh yeah, that's right. You're gonna you're gonna have, I'm, I'm all about that. Dude, yeah, yeah society. Like, if you if you enjoyed the hundred, the society is right up your alley. Um, Absolutely right. Up it your is. Roger. It's on it Netflix. Is, it is easily yeah, but, the best teen drama I have ever watched. It's it's definitely like Twitch and I's favorite. Yeah, like yeah. like uh, young adult series. Did I tell I, I? You may have heard this on the show, Bill, or I may have told you, but my uh, my first day of work at Apple. Uh, the like legitimately my first day I called out sick so that I could watch the one so that I could finish the society <laughs> I had two episodes left I had two episodes left and I was like I have to go to work at like eight in the morning and uh, I was like it was like two in the morning and I had to get yeah. up in you know a couple hours and I was like fuck so I went to sleep and I woke up and when I woke up I I just wasn't feeling it and I was like hey I'm not coming in today. and But I was like, when I wake up, I'm kind of up. Like, I can't go back to sleep. So it was like 6 a.m. And I was like, I'm just going to finish the, the society. I'm just going to do this. Yeah. This is I better than work. I just have to do this. This is why I'm staying home. So I'm just going to do it now anyway. You know, there's worse reasons to call in, you know. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I still have the job. So, you know. There you I, go. There you go. Yeah. It worked out okay. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't since called out for media-related things. Things. I don't think at least there's probably there's actually that's probably a lie. I've definitely at least called that one more time for, for the sake of so Bill or, uh, or something. So you know the show. Uh, what what are what are some of the nerdy things that you've been partaking in uh, recently? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm so, also as a tag on. Ooh. I'm also curious as to if you have like a watch list for your for your quarantine because I know the oh, last yeah. time you had a quarantine you played. You played Breath of the Wild, correct? Or did you play Pokemon the last time? Uh, the the first quarantine, I tried really, really hard to play Breath of the Wild. Uh, and controversial take here. Uh, if you didn't play Zelda as a kid and you have played an open world RPG in the years leading up to Breath of the Wild, it's not... It's not that special of a game. Oh, oh, them spine words with Zelda diehards. I, I know, I know. <laughs> of which You're, there are it, none in this Discord right now. I'm pretty sure. Hey, I love. Okay, don't get me wrong. I love Zelda. You're not gonna. You're not gonna get a fight from me, Bill. Like I can tell you that. Yeah. Like, I it, video games are not really in my realm. I'm not the video game guy. So like your feelings on it and stuff like that. But like if you were to attack. Ocarina of Time or uh, uh, or Link uh, Lincoln Time or stuff like that. I w- I would have some fighting words for you because oh, them, yeah. them the OG Zelda games that really hit the mark. The new ones, well, and- I, I I really don't have much to say about them. 
Yeah, and, and kind of my thing on video games in general, which brings me to my nerdy thing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Is like, I. I won't make judgments on games that I didn't play, you know, within a year or so of when they came out yeah. because I didn't play Ocarina of Time, but I'm not going to be able to give a fair judgment on it because I'm going to be playing it with 2020 video game brain. <laughs> very true. Video game very, brain. very true. So it's like, you know, I'm going to be complaining about like the camera's horrible. <laughs> that didn't matter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what the camera what? was revolutionary. Everything is just a hexagon. I don't see a face. I, how do you see a face in this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it'd be it'd be like me listening to the Beatles and being like, they are not heavy. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you know, by the standards of today, no, they're not. No, but, they're absolutely not. But back in the day, the British they invasion were, they were was edgy. a real thing. <laughs> Right. <laughs> uh, but yeah, my nerdy thing has been uh, uh, the, the game Phoenix uh, Immortals Rising, Ooh. Uh, which is uh, very much a Breath of the Wild ripoff, uh, <laughs> actually. <laughs> That's um, funny. But all of the things that annoy me about Breath of the Wild are fixed in this. Okay. So it gives me kind of that lighthearted open world, mm-hmm. whatever. And it's based in Greek, Greek mythology, which I've always which you found like. yes. very fun. Yeah. Um, so that's that's been quite enjoyable. Uh, I I think I'm I've, I've I've pretty much done all I can with it, uh, but I mean it it took sixty hours, so that is that is worth Damn. the price of admission. Damn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good long do you, game. Do you have a Do you have a watch list for for? I, oh or? yes, yes, watch list. Um, I don't. Well, the society now. Um, yeah. Okay. That's Excellent. top. First Number on the list. One. First Number on but, the list. But yeah, uh, by the time I finish this trip, uh, I will have been quarantined uh, by law in my house or a hotel room from travel uh, for my job for four of the last eight months. Fantastic! So, so like, so it's literally fifty. Oh no, 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 three, three and a half, three and okay. a half. So Just slightly less. Yes. Um. So uh, I, I'm out of effort to give to make a watch list um so i'm glad to have the society on there and i'll be looking for more stuff in the next oh, i got couple, a couple, couple things uh yellowstone you could add yellowstone to your list yellowstone okay yeah. now i gotta actually make a list there you go he's he, uh, he's he's yellowstone over. is one of my new obsessions uh, uh it's written by uh written and created by tyler sheridan taylor sheridan uh who wrote sicaro Rotes, Wind River. What else am I forgetting? Um, uh, Jeff Bridges, Chris Pines, Ben Foster. You know the movie, Luke. Um, Bank Robbers. We've talked about it. Oh, Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water. Hell or High Water. I got there first. Yes, there we go. Uh, I'm going to move my audio up so that I get there before you do. (laughs) Damn you. Damn you. Uh, no, uh, Yellowstone's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it's dealing with a ranch, a uh, big ranch in uh, uh, Montana up by Yellowstone National Park. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, I've watched it now. There's three seasons currently. They're, they're going to be dropping the fourth later this summer. But um, I've watched the, se- the three seasons now three times all the way through. With in like two or three months of each other, like so it's this is like a good show. Geez, oh yeah. yeah, oh yeah. 
there's the characters are absolutely amazing. Uh, the character of Beth in it, who is the uh, middle child of the family or the 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 single daughter of the family. Yeah, there is not a lit, wasted moment with her or a wasted line of dialogue. She is one powerful badass woman, and uh, it's all words, it's all verbal, uh, and she's amazing. Anyways, definitely Great. add that to yeah. your list. No, I'll check that out. Like, I'd yeah. respect the creative decision more if it was called Yellowstone and they were outside of like, I don't know, Yosemite or something like that. <laughs> but, but I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> oh man! Any other nerdy things in your life, uh, Bill? Or is uh, Phoenix man, mostly you know, the that, big one? That that's the most recent one. Cool. Uh, yeah, yeah, and uh, man, I'm deep in the. I'm deep in the Netflix uh, repositories after all the quarantining. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's hard to remember what I have and haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. I'm yeah, with you on that. Point. I'm with you on that. I've I've ingested so much TV that I couldn't tell you what series I've watched already <laughs> over this last year. So, uh, Luke, what about you? Movies, baby. Yeah, movies, you're back in the Alamo movies. lane. Alamo's back open. They have not opened their season pass yet, so like you still yeah. have to you, you have to pay full price for the movies, which I'm okay with doing. Yeah, because I just want them to have all my money at this point. Yeah, if they had if if Alamo had a season pass that was like the take all your money ver- version, where it just like knew how much your paycheck was and it just if I could just direct deposit my paycheck into <laughs> it's almost Alamo, like a would, season pass type thing. You know, it's almost like point. a season pass. It is. Yeah. Um, no, but Alamo's open, open back up and there are actually like new movies to go and see. Yeah. Uh, and so I've been seeing like a, just a t- as many, like I've seen all the, all the movies that have come out. Um, most notably so far uh, has been, Kong vs. Godzilla, or Godzilla vs. Kong. Um, I, I I wish I could have seen that in theater, because that probably would have been the only way that I could have enjoyed that movie. <laughs> yeah, I think it's the only way you can enjoy that movie. Now, I saw, I saw, I, I saw Godzilla vs. Kong twice nice. in theater, nice. because it was Jeez. like, it, okay, I went with two separate groups of people. I don't think I would have gone on my own volition two times, like, Oh my God! I have to see Millie Bobby Brown star in the new hit film, Spring Blockbuster, Godzilla vs Kong. It's not like that. It's more yeah. of like a, it's more of like a, we can go back to the movies again, and I'll go see anything. Yeah, right, uh, right. And, and <laughs> yeah. So, like, I, and I think I think the I, I I think I can put my my money where my mouth is there now. Because I've seen Godzilla vs. Kong totally twice can, in the theaters. totally can. Yeah. Now I can genuinely yeah. say, like, I will go see anything at the movie theaters if, because if, I saw this movie twice. At this point, because I have not been in in the theater, in an actual theater room in well over a year now, they could be playing nothing but Twilight, the entire saga, Twilight Saga, <laughs> and I'm I would there. happily go I'm watch there. that right now. Yeah, I'm there. Uh, that and Raya and the Last Dragon. Raya and the Last Dragon wasn't exactly like a good movie, but yeah. it was fun. Yeah. Um, and tomorrow night, I'm going to see Mortal Kombat. Dude, I am extremely jealous. I really hope because uh, Luke knows this. Uh, 
I I am finally fully uh, will be as of next week vaccinated from the COVID. Ninety five percent efficacy uh, uh, Madura vaccine. So uh, my two week period after my last dose will finally be up next Friday. Luke and I are going to go to Alamo Draft House together. We simply um, have to. And we're totally going like, to hold hands. Um, oh, Because the yeah, quarantine, you know, I, I, I'll i be vaccinated at that point. I can, quarantine I can, I can have physical. Quarantine fever's over. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Contact. Twitch, uh, not, Twitch and I can get physical. <laughs> but, yeah, I, you know, I, I kind of hope that Mortal Kombat is actually playing still by that time. Oh, uh, it totally will be. Bill, what were you about to say? You know, I, I was going to say uh, the way that Luke was describing his just eagerness to see anything. I almost made the joke of like senior year in high school where you really only care about the person next to you. Uh, it's just the excuse. <laughs> yes. To go sit yes, there. yes. Yes. So yeah. it kind of will be for you guys. It's you literally that. that. It's totally. We're just reliving. <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't even get a senior year. So this for me is really like. There we I go. Get to do this for the first time. There we I go. Get to do this for the first. Here it time. is. Here it is. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's mostly been. It's mostly been movies for me. Uh, I've been reading a lot of books recently, but nothing like new. Okay. Um. Also. Uh. Uh. The Night of on on HBO Max. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tutoro? Oh, my goodness. Yeah, John Tutoro and that. Uh. So <laughs> there's, a, there's a bit of a story there, but that, that, that will come later because okay. I would like to talk about, uh, in a future episode, I would like to talk about my experience in my recent endeavors in watching all of the Transformers movies. Oh, jeez, um, Yes. And it was, it, it was for the first time that I saw them. And, uh, and the, boy, go. howdy. Was that an experience? <laughs> was that what? an experience? Yes. But anyway, that, that semi somewhat led to our discovery of the night of. Yeah. Uh, and that, that show is magnificent. Um, it is so good. So good. Yeah. Um, Other than that, I'm, I'm really excited that like people are getting more, like people are getting vac- vaccinated. I am, I keep saying vaccined. Um, so do I. The people are getting vaccinated. Uh, I love the movies that are coming out soon. Yep. Uh, we have movies that I've been talking about on this podcast now, I can say for years, plural. Are uh, actually coming out. Are actually coming out. So we've got yeah. Dune in October. We finally have the French Dispatch, which is still saying summer. Like it yeah. hasn't had an official date yet, but it still says summer. Um, and also the Green Knight. The Green I Knight. I know. Of those finally, I'm so excited for the Green Knight. Yeah. Um, Dev Patel gonna kill that role. Yep, I agree. Dev Patel from uh, Silicon Valley, I believe. Right, I think. Yeah, uh, totally. Yes, <laughs> for sure. But anyway, I'm just I'm I'm mostly back into movies. I'm on a big like I have to go see all of the movies that are that are coming out. Nice. Um, so that's been that's been me. Awesome. I'm definitely excited to join you next week. Um, for yeah, it's gonna be a good time. First movie back. Uh, we'll figure out what it is that we're gonna watch, and we'll definitely hopefully talk about it. Hopefully, it's Mortal Kombat. I mean, I I'd totally I mean, be okay with on. that. Even though I'm gonna definitely yeah. watch it tomorrow because that's my childhood coming oh, you, back. You simp- you simply have to. Um. So for me, uh, even though I've kind of been up to a whole bunch of stuff, uh, nerd wise, there's one thing that I have to talk about before we get into it. I know it's kind of old news. This hurts me to say. 
We have to talk about the Snyder Cut. We have to talk about Justice League Snyder Cut. Oh my god, I totally forgot that this movie existed. Are you being real on that? I'm being real. I completely (laughs) forgot about it until you just said it. That was like out of sight and out of mind. Gotcha. Have you seen the Snyder Cut, Bill? Uh, I have not. I kind of, okay. I kind of zoned out on the superhero thing. Okay, like two years ago. Gotcha. So <laughs> no worries. That's fine. There's going to be no spoilers. That, There's no spoilers here. Endgame, Bill. Did you see Endgame? Uh, it, it was like Endgame, and then I was a hard out. That, and then you were just like you totally know what, cool. Yeah, totally fine. Is it yeah. like a? It was like a. It was like a holiday hangover kind of thing, where you're just like, this is too much superhero. Yeah. Well, and I think I think I started getting like uh. uh Maybe bored isn't the right word, but it overloaded yes. with them before yeah. Endgame. Yes. And then, you know, probably starting a full year before Infinity War, I, I was like, I'm really only going to watch the Avengers. Like, I'm, I'm going to sure. watch the major ones. Yeah, sure. But I, I'm not going to check out Ant-Man. Totally and, fair. It's, you know, Ant-Man yeah. and the Wasp. Ant- even though I love Paul Rudd, those two movies... I, I, they add to the story, like the overall story uh-huh. of the MCU, but like, I I would have been fine if it it was a different story being told. Like, I wish Edgar Wright would have still been directing that. Then it would have been a fun ride for me, like really fun ride. Anywho, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. Anyways, so uh, no spoilers for the Snyder Cut um, for you guys if you guys want to go back to it, but like, don't. Uh, I mean, what? Sorry. <laughs> I have Continue. to I have to admit something very painful. I shit on Justice League. Yes, profusely shit on it because the movie is absolutely terrible. The one that was released theatrically. <laughs> Batman versus Superman was also terrible. Like the only thing I liked about it was the fact that Batman fought Superman, but then they had to have the ending and it was just like Hey, listen, they delivered what they said they would. It they was did. They Superman. definitely did. I, mean, I will give them that. About that. I will yeah. give them that. Uh, yeah. Even with the release of the Snyder Cut of that, it was still like, the story still sucks. Like, I'm sure. sorry, <laughs> Snyder, but the story still sucks. Like, you added some stuff, but good on you. Okay. I, I decided I was, when they put it on HBO Max, I saw that it was like the full four-hour length thing. I thought they were totally breaking it up. And I was like, fine, I'll watch the first 15 minutes of it <laughs> just to say I started to watch it. N- going full well into it thinking like Snyder Cut, not going to make a difference, going to be a piece yeah. of shit no matter what. Yeah. So four hours later. Four hours later, I was proved so <laughs> fucking <new>. wrong. <laughs> so absolutely wrong. It is actually really good. Like – Snyder redeemed himself like there's no other way to put it like there's still very problematic issues with it there's no reason why it should have been four hours long a lot of that is due to like typical Snyder like esque things that he does he spends way too much damn time on CGI slow-mo type stuff yeah in all of his movies there there's like too many obscene scenes of just non-stop slow-mo like when it's dealing with the flash it's forgivable because it's the flash like how else are you going to really portray speed like in a cinematic way other than doing that? But story-wise, he nailed it. Like it's it, he he really got something good there. It's the story that should have been told from the first place. Um, 
I get that like the reason behind it was because of his daughter's uh, suicide that he had to pull out of the project, but like they should have just like put the brakes on him and been like, okay, Snyder, we'll wait. we're going to wait for you to be able to do it. Cause they're pretty much done with the project mm-hmm. when we didn't took over and we didn't just shot 80% of the film, like reshot 80% of the film. So yeah, I, to apologize to Mr. Zack Snyder. Um, you got me on this one. It's one so far that you've gotten me on. Uh, <laughs> Three hundred. It's good. It's still a fun movie. Uh, but that's that's it. So yeah, I think I think they need to do a re. Okay, I think they need to do a theatrical cut of Snyder's cut, of Whedon's cut, of no Justice God League. no. I okay. No, imagine imagine a two and a half hour version of okay okay Snyder's Justice League. I think that would be magnificent. Yeah, I think it would be magnificent. I think four I hours think, was just a very long time. It is. It is very. And long. there's no like. People said, "Oh, I'll just do four one hour segments," but they're not like it's not episodic. The chapters no. I feel like don't really. They weren't episodic. Like it wasn't episodic. Like the they did have chapters in them, but they're broken up into like thirty minute. 45 yeah, and the chapters hour. don't like mean yeah. anything. There's no like pacing no. to the chapters. Like, that's just an artistic <clears throat> decision. Yeah. Um but like I I didn't like it. Oh, so you did watch it. I did watch it. I didn't like it. <laughs> now, to be fair, I I didn't have anything to compare it to cuz I I haven't seen You Whedon's haven't seen the Whedon, Justice, Whedon cut? Yeah. I haven't seen Whedon's cut. But I I think expectations ruined that movie for me because I watched it a couple days after it came out. And, like, my small friend circle of people who had seen it were like, oh, this is fantastic. Yeah. And then Reddit was saying it was the greatest movie ever made. That's that's and, a far cry. <laughs> and then I, I it kind of had a midsummer effect for me. Like oh, down, nice, nice. I sat down expecting a masterpiece, and I got a superhero movie. And it's like, again <laughs> – I got what was promised. You did. I got the Justice League, and I was still just like, "This is not good. It's just not good." Yeah, I and you know, to each his own. But from a story aspect, like con- comparing it to Whedon's cut, the story is so much better. The villain is way more uh, uh, defined in this. Like his sure. purpose, his reason. Um, whereas in the Whedon cut, he was just he was big bad. That was it. Like yeah, yeah nothing else to it like there was actually like there was a reason as to why he was there there's a reason as to why he was doing what he was doing um and they cut out they cut out the stupid like i love whedon i love him from firefly i love buffy but there's certain jokes that like it's one of those things where certain directors uh, and filmmakers like they rely on their gimmick a little bit too much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they don't get outside those bounds. I think that's one of the things that happened with Kevin Smith, um, and M Night Shyamalan, Robert Rodriguez, M Night Shyamalan, for sure. So yeah. Uh, so yeah, enough uh, with us getting on about uh, or trying to avoid the topic at hand. Uh, we're gonna jump into Fellowship of the Rings. We're just doing the first one uh, this time. We may eventually get around to doing uh, part two and three of the trilogy. And we're just, Bill, you may you may know the books, uh, and it's totally fine. 
but us two uh, Dumases uh, don't know the books necessarily. At least I don't. I know for a fact I don't. Yeah, I will. Uh, I will refrain from from straying into bookland, uh, except where th- there are a few parts of the movie that make a lot more sense with just like a paragraph summary of something. Yeah. From the book. So I might I might throw those in there. Yeah, if, sure, sure, if, sure. If it's if it's fitting, but yeah, I'll I'll do my best to to stick to the film. No worries. If you don't, if you don't, that's fine. I just I'm just letting our audience know that like. Uh, I'm only talking about the movie because that's the only thing that I've ever done. I like I've only read like the first three to six pages of The Hobbit. Like that's my experience <laughs> with Tolkien as far as reading goes. Um, so yeah, let's uh, dive in. So like first off, uh, um, we'll do like a pseudo non spoiler. But like at this point, if you haven't seen The Lord of the Rings, like. It's been, Who it's been the hell years. are you? Like, and also, are like, you, you a newborn? Don't care. I also, you probably don't care about <laughs> right. spoilers at that point. <laughs> it's like those people that have never seen Star Wars. They're yeah. they're the anomaly. Like, but there's more of them than you think. It's you like, know. First of all, fuck right off. Second <laughs> of all, <laughs> second of all, I don't care if you know that Vader's the father. I just don't. Yeah. Um. So I yeah, just blew someone's mind at home listening. What? What? He's his daddy? He's the dad? <laughs> so yeah, a little bit about Lord of the Rings came out in 2001. Uh, do you got a guess on what it made box office worldwide? Tw- at least $20. I have at to At least imagine. $20. <laughs> uh, no, it was pretty groundbreaking at the time. Uh, domestically, they made $300 million. Oh um, my God. Which was big news back then. Um, How much did Harry Potter make the first? Uh, that's a great question. Good old the, box office the one, mojo. The one other giant nerdum we have not talked about. <laughs> I So true. Uh, Harry Potter, uh, same amount, uh, $318 million. So they were right, right really? on par. This was Good about the time, yeah, this was about the time that box office numbers were, like, just leaping through the roof with these big yeah. temple movies. Um, so, yeah. Uh, but worldwide, it made uh, just uh, shy of uh, $900 million Yeah, I think, isn't it? It's still one of the highest grossing of all time, I right? think it's definitely, I can find numbers a little bit on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's number one in Germany, grossing wise. Uh, it's number four out of domestic releases. Or no, sorry, it's number seventy-eight in domestic releases. Why am I not getting the the comparisons? Uh, okay, I've anyways. got it here. Um, oh, there we go. All time rankings. Oh, Return of the King is actually. Return of the King was definitely the biggest it's, of the three. I it's think it's number twenty four. So okay, it's not it's not as high as I thought it was going to yeah. be. I definitely thought it was like top five, um, but it's not quite there. I am definitely upset to see Transformers pretty high on that list for sure. <laughs> That's because of China. It's because of it China. is absolutely yeah. Th- those movies killed it in in, in China. But, yep. Um. That's th- those are impressive numbers. Yeah, especially for two thousand one. Um, those yeah. are huge numbers for back then. Uh, they were all three filmed together, but apparently there's this quote from Mr. Vigo Mortensen that talks about that. Where is it? 
Uh, he says, uh, officially Jackson could say that he was finished in December of 2000 talking about them being all filmed together. He shot all three films in the trilogy, but really the second and third one were a mess. Oh, it was very sloppy. So they ended up having to do a shit ton of reshoots for it. So like, even though it was filmed all together, like they ended up doing a ton of reshoots after. Damn, that's kind of upsetting to hear. Cause even though like, I'm not the biggest Lord of the Rings fan, I always like really loved that mythos behind like, Oh, they camped out and they fucking trudged through and they yeah. filmed all of them in this one go. That's, well, hearing that it's not makes, surprising, but here, hearing that makes me wonder about the Hobbit because they say that all of the movies for the Hobbit were filmed in chronological order. So from page one, one to two, yeah, page three hundred or probably closer to four hundred because those movies were unbearably long as well. Um, so yeah, Bill, did you see the Hobbits? You saw the Hobbits. oh sure. oh, I saw the Hobbits. I I thought you were gonna say a, a similar thing about them, um, and I was going to suggest that well, they never went back and reshot because the second and third one are are still <laughs> a hot mess. <laughs> so uh, they they didn't get the memo. They didn't, they get didn't the memo go back and reshoots. double check their work again. <laughs> uh, pr- probably they did. They're just like got to the point of like ah fuck it we'll just do cgi we'll fix it in post you know like yeah orlando bloom makes they needed to feature him more and and they needed the selling power and you know why not make it a third movie yeah Yeah. i i understand why the hobbit is the way it is but it is a shame oh it is a shame they there is no reason why that needed to be broken into three films like at at the most, it should have been broken in two, but I think they could have done it all in one. It's just been a three-hour movie, in in my mind. There's no reason for it to be three movies long total. Yeah, mm. that's that's probably accurate. Yeah. I, I think I think two would have it, with the first Hobbit. They went into incredible detail, like they hit every single thing that happened. Yeah. Um, which normally isn't the case when a book is yeah. adapted. No, never. And so I, I was actually, after the first Hobbit, I was like, okay, you know, they kind of made this white orc more important than he needs to be and, and stuff like that. But, wow, they did a really great job of, like, just including everything they possibly could. And I was actually very excited because I thought that was going to be the trend. Uh, and then it turns out about a half hour into the second one, they were like, all right, time to make some money (laughs) sure so (laughs) and they made money oh did they make money oh they they did yeah so much money so uh yeah with that said like uh like you obviously enjoyed them uh very much bill like what what is it about the lord of the rings like trilogy that like really pulled you in like was it the books yeah initially or was it just like you were of that age where like for some people, Star Wars, they were just of that age when it came out that it just it was one of the first things that they really got to see in the movie, in the theaters and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. so I I was the Star Wars uh, a child because um, Phantom Menace came out in 99, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that that was the first movie that I can remember. I actually I, I saw the 97 re- re-release of A New Hope was the first thing I ever saw in the theaters. So I was I was four. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And then the Phantom Menace, I was I was very into Star Wars, very into it, uh, loved it. Um, 
when the Lord of the Rings, the Fellowship of the Ring came out, um, there was a rule in my house growing up that if if a movie was made off of a book, you had to read the book before you saw the movie. Okay, gotcha. Um, now, my parents were gracious and did not enforce that with the Lord of the Rings. <laughs> because, <laughs> Good <laughs> because on them. If, Good on yeah, them. If, if, you, if nice you know an uh, eight-year-old who's reading Lord of the Rings, uh, you know, Make sure they get on film somewhere yeah, so yeah, someone yeah. can gift them scholarships. <laughs> um, but uh, so I saw those movies and I think the thing that immediately kind of captivated me m- more so than I had, had already been by Star Wars was uh, the like medieval setting. Okay. Yeah. It. Um, it like it, it, it gets the romantic part of Star Wars with, you know, the ancient laser weapons. Yeah. Um, but that was the whole thing, right? So, so all of the combat was somewhat romanticized, um, and all of that. Yeah. Um, but then I think something else that, that always fascinated me is I remember having the conversation with my mom after seeing the movie in theaters and I was like trying to figure out like, okay, so each of these not human races is like fancy in some way, right? You have the dwarves, they're real strong and good at making things and stuff. And the elves are as light as a feather, but also strong and, you know, marksman and agile and all of this stuff and immortal to top it all yeah, off. Yeah, right. Um, and, and the orcs, you know, have like this ridiculous endurance, but kind of a weakness to, to sunlight. And there's, there was all these things. And I remember asking my mom, like, what, what's special about hobbits? Like what? What makes hobbits They're hairy special? big foot. Right. And she was essentially like nothing. And I was like, <laughs> well, no, there has to be something. Like, are they like, they have to have some kind of a power, right? Um, and then that's when she was like, you should read the book about hobbits. Ah. Hobbit, ah yeah. Which gotcha. is a much more appropriate book for, you know, nine, yes. ten years old. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but then after doing that, uh, after reading The Hobbit, uh, I had my mom read to me the, the Lord of the Rings. Uh, and so by the time the second and third movies had come out, my mom had read me the books. Oh, okay. okay. Um, and then gotcha. after the movies, I had gone back and read the books. And now I've read them all a couple times and done research into all the appendices and stuff like that, too. Um, Ooh, so, so yeah, it was some, it. So, yeah, it was definitely, you know, a product of, of the age at which the films yeah. hit. Yeah. Um, but but just certain little things about the story, you know, like that I was I was dead set on like what's special about the hobbits and like the point and kind of cool point and kind of unique point is like there there is nothing special. Right. Like, that's the the special thing is there's nothing yeah. special. And that's why and, and that's one of the reasons why Frodo was able to carry the ring as long yeah. as he did. Right. Is because he was very ordinary. Yep. Yep. So. Yeah, and I Bill, and I you, love that did, that allegory that Tolkien paints with that. Like, that's a great, great uh, strength of a character, but it's also yeah. like a huge flaw in the world that he's forced into. So, right, yeah, and e- even uh, the most memorable quote from The Hobbit, I, I wrote it down uh, for me is uh, Gandalf Chatton. And he says, I have found that it is the small everyday deed of ordinary folks that keeps the darkness at bay, small acts of kindness and love. And this is coming from a guy who's writing this in what we know now. Yeah. He probably had fairly severe PTSD. 
from yeah. being in the First World War. <laughs> yeah. And now he's yeah. writing these books in the aftermath of World War Two, mm-hmm. where now the capital of his, his country is being bombed by yep. Nazis. And and you're seeing him like that's that's kind of like the thesis for the whole story. Yeah. Is is it's the small act of the small people. Yeah. That hmm. keeps the darkness at bay. Yeah. And I think that's it's a cool Yeah. Cool lesson. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. I unfortunately I'll, I'll get into it. I'll get into it. Uh look look for you like I know that Star Wars was your jam. Did you have that same experience? as bill with the movie or did you what was lord of the rings yeah yeah no so um i i think you know this but this this is the first time i've seen this movie cover to cover right right that's right um i've i had heard of it you know you you hear you've seen the memes you know you everyone knows you shall not pass like then you know where that's from one must simply Um, one simply cannot simply does not yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) um like but but i but i also like never knew what the second half of that was because it was always just a meme like one does not simply like do your taxes the first day that you can like like it's always that um i remember like very distinctly growing up in Massachusetts and my brother was going like with my dad to see the Lord of the Rings. And I was like, can I come? I want to see the Lord of the Rings. Can I, can, but it was more like a, can I go? Cause my cool older brother is going to see this thing. Yeah. I didn't know anything about the Lord of the Rings then. Yeah. And I remember my dad was like, you can watch this movie when you're older. Wait, wait, then, wait, wait. Oh, he let yeah. you go see star Wars where they're cutting up people with, Light yeah, I don't know blades. what the problem was. I don't know what the problem was. He said, he, but he distinctly said, "You can, you can go see this when you're older." And like, older never came. Older, older never came. For gotcha. Me. Uh, and so I watched it once in Veil with Bill. But did we did we watch the whole thing? Uh, we, also, we was it trying, extended? We were trying to do the whole trilogy in one like one weekend. Yeah. Uh, so we were not doing the extendeds. Yeah. Uh, and I think we made it about halfway through the two towers, but there were other things to do. So it, it yeah. never, never happened. It never happened. And I'll, like, I just, I don't remember anything. I didn't remember anything from it. Like from seeing that, like I could not have told you a single story beat that happened from watching it, uh, in Vale that weekend. Um, and so, like that—that that was that. And then, at a certain point, I read Game of Thrones and watched Game of Thrones, and then that was my fantasy thing. Yeah. Like the thing that hooked Bill, being this like really cool epic fantasy world, was the same hook that grabbed me with Game of Thrones. And since then, and I hate to say it's still true, like nothing has quite grabbed me like it since. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there have been other like fa- there there are great other fantasy shows and there are great other fantasy movies and there are great other fantasy books, but nothing has like just held on to me with the vice that that game of thrones has yeah and then you ultimately get disappointed by the final season and possibly final book by George hey R. R. i'm not as disappointed as everyone else was okay <laughs> uh, it stings not. it stings a little that i kind of have to be okay with the last season after my last rewatch of i know it, so. you t- you said Ooh. you commented on that last episode i was a little shocked stingy. absolutely shocked uh, to hear it so I have a kind of weird relationship with Lord of the Rings. Uh, uh, 
you two can visually see what that weird relationship would be. <laughs> um, what is it? Uh, when I first went to see this movie, I went with a couple of buddies from high school. And uh, Moment Gimli stepped on the fucking screen with him and his damned axe. <laughs> Was there a moment where like everyone just, you like looked at your group? They looked at me. <laughs> and they pointed. <laughs> it was the bane of my existence during oh my the entire God. time that those movies were coming out was just like everybody would be like, Hey, where's your axe? Hey, it's Gimli. Dude, it's oh that dwarf. God. Not only the oh. fact that I had a full grown beard at the time, that I was in high school still with a full grown beard, but like the fact that I'm short and round, like at the time as well. Like didn't help my case any anymore with that like it was it was brutal and i and i absolutely like at the time like i was like okay i get it i get it but like i still kind of like the movies uh so i i really like i liked the the actors in it i thought it was yeah. fun seeing like a like a like this uh middle age like uh uh sword play and like fighting uh orcs and stuff like that really cool wizards and stuff like that great music the soundtrack of it is just like the score is killer for it the score is killer Phenomenal. the lands like yeah. the shooting the film like that yeah yeah so bill i'm about to offend you right now oh um, no do it <laughs> oh do it uh after like i had always had like there was something that always nagged me about the movie like i thought it was a feat like the fact, like, even though they did a bunch of reshoots, the fact that they shot it all back to back to back, they were really stepping up technology. They had yeah. this crazy cool cast. They were doing a lot of really cool start of, uh, with uh, motion capture and stuff. But now, after rewatching it for this show, I have come to the conclusion that I really don't like Lord of the Rings. <laughs> oh, no. At all. Like... I I don't think it's that good. Like the fact that it won all these awards and was nominated for so many things, like some of them I do think that they deserve, but like Peter Jackson in my opinion doesn't tell the Lord doesn't give the Lord of the Rings story justice, specifically in Fellowship of the Ring. Like I, I and uh I'd have to go back and watch the other two to really like be able to justify that claim, but like I just there's so many issues that I had with it going back and like I I I think that there was better ways of doing it. I now don't get me wrong, like I think that they they did something that was an absolute beast to take on. It's like the double D's taking on Game of Thrones. Like Yeah. They did nail it in the beginning, um, but I think part of that was due to the fact that like George R. R. Martin was still is still kicking and they yeah, could reference him. And he was Whereas the producer. Peter Jackson, and... he he couldn't rely on, like he had to rely on what Tolkien had written about it and stuff like that. And I don't doubt that Peter Jackson is a Tolkien nerd um, and stuff like that. But there, I, I want, like it makes me now want to go back and read the books because there's many moments that when I was watching the movie, I was like, that couldn't have happened that way in the book. Like if if sure. 
Tolkien wrote a scene out like that in his book and people are calling him one of the greatest authors to ever lived. I'd be like pointing to that as an example of like, no, that's uh that's bad writing. Like this Tolkien guy ain't as good as you think he is. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I, and I agree. There's a huge fan base around it and I'm probably going to get pitchforks and protested protesters around my house and stuff that are saying I'm not a true nerd, but that's just my opinion on it. Like, and I, I have no fault against people that love the movie um, and think it's great. Cause I do think a lot of it is great, but like overall, I just think that the story was not done as well justice as it could have been. When you were in high school though, like, and you saw it for the first time, other than, um, other than the abuse that you took on <laughs> the, the gim the gimply related, uh, abuse that you had to take on, like, did you enjoy them then? Like, I did enjoy them then. Uh, okay. I, See, cause I was wondering the, the reason I asked that question was cause I was wondering if it was a like nostalgia thing. If the people who adore Lord of the Rings are the same people who like grew up with Lord of the Rings. It could you be, it mean? definitely could be. And it could also be that like, there's also the added effect of like, I can't say 100% cause I like to think that I'm not necessarily this way, but because of going to school for film and for studying, story as long as I have and as deep as I have like that that colors my experience now I do I can say that with newer things sure. but like with older films like there's older films that I know that are problematic story wise but I still love them and am very much entertained by them nowadays but Lord of the Rings is not one of them sure. um, Fellowship of the Ring I should say so but Bill like, has, has your like yeah, a- yeah, oh, you, you, I was. I was just gonna in. say. I I hope that I can come back for future future Lord of the Rings episodes. Absolutely, uh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I'm I'm very interested to see if if that same feeling will stick through the Two Towers and the Return of the King, uh, especially Return of the King. Yeah, sure. Um, because uh, straight up as like a film, as like a I'm going to put this on to be entertained and and drawn in by a story. Um the fellowship of the ring is the last one that I would turn on. Yeah. And I would say it's also the one that had the most important character moments left out in its transition to movie. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Um, I think a lot of what happened more in the two towers and the return of the King is they just straight up like, uh, took character developments and we're like, we can't fit this in the story with this person, but we need to capture this moment. Let's transfer the moment to this other character, yeah. which sounds very janky, but I, I think there's a reason that they didn't win the best adapted screenplay until yeah. uh, Oscar until the return of the King. Yeah. Sure. And, and sure. I think it's because the, the producing team got better at doing that as they yeah. went on. Probably, and I would so. I would say that that's probably true. Like, because there there's so many like, and I don't know, I don't know how many people picked up on it. Uh, because, and I think part of the reason why like it was kind of given a pass, and they still continued to make them was because of a it was so successful that first one, but because the name Lord of the Rings means so much to so many people and people have been dying to see a live action version of that one for years. Like I know that they had been planning 
on uh, trying to do Lord of the Rings like in the early 90s, probably even the 80s when uh, mm-hmm. the animated BBC version came out. Uh, they're probably trying to get a live action one going. Um, but like there's, and I think that they just kind of gave him a pass on it because they knew that they were going to get people drawn into it. Like they, they had a certified fan base that they were like, okay with making all three of them right up front versus like going down the line. But I also think that that's why they ended up doing a shit ton of reshoots for the second and third one is because they they foresaw the problems that they were going to have in Fellowship of the Rings. Because, like, one of the biggest things, like, when I rewatched it uh, this time around, like, one of the things that finally popped in my head, and I was like, oh, that's something that's been bugging me forever. They never explained the ring fully. Like, I'm sure that Tolkien goes in-depth in the book, like, how what the power of the ring really was what what could it be used for like yes it's supposed to be the ring that draws all the other rings together and stuff and it corrupts obviously but never once did they do justice in the movie of really explaining the power of the ring in my opinion and i think that that was something that is like that was left out that should have been up front so that we understand what's at stake for the characters. Uh, it could be me as like not a student of film, but I don't necessarily care about that. Like I don't need those things explained to me. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like th- there are some things that I just don't need the answers to. And, and Bill, you can speak into this. Like if those answers are in the books, maybe now's a good time for, for it to say that uh, since seeing the movie, I've bought all the books um and they're they're queued up on my Kindle. I'm I'm reading a fantasy series right now uh that's not Game of Thrones. Surprise, surprise to everyone. Uh but when What, I'm... no sixth book yet? <laughs> hey, the rumor mills are spinning right now about the winds of winter. Apparently it's right around the corner, so um uh but but as far as like the Lord of the Rings is concerned, I'm planning on probably starting that in May. So, like, I, I want to read the books for sure. Yeah. Um, but I guess, yeah, Bill, I want to hear – I'm curious to hear your take on, like, the ring itself. Yeah, so uh, the ring is is kind of an interesting thing. I, I don't know that they even go into it in the, the Lord of the Rings series. Or, or it was originally one book broken into the three. Yeah. Um, I think you have to go back to the Silmarillion to get, like – a more fleshed out depiction of the rings of power and you never even get the one ring um what you do get is a better description of the elvish rings of power which are naria nenya and vilia yeah and so uh nenya i think nope nope it's naria uh so naria um actually gandalf is the the holder of it in the third age he's wearing it in the in the films um, and when he's confronting the Belrog in, in, can I do spoilers yet? Yeah, go ahead. Is that sure. a thing? Yeah. Spoilers, baby. <laughs> Spoiler zone. So, Everyone dies. Well, in the, uh, you shall not pass scene. Yeah. There we go. I don't need spoilers for that. I already uh, talked about it. Yeah. G- Gandalf <laughs> says, uh, servant of the secret fire flame of our nor or wielder of the flame of our nor, um, you know, dark fire shall not avail you. Um, 
what he's Bill, talking Bill is, about. Bill is undoubtedly the know something. Oh, <laughs> easily, easily. What he's most likely talking about, and and you never get a super clear answer, but he, he's most likely talking about is Naria was also called the Ring of Fire, and it, it granted oh, okay. some amount of elemental control over fire. Um, and so the reason that Gandalf is actually able to duel the Balrog of Morgoth and, and fight the fire magic that's there is actually because of the Ring of Power, gotcha. in addition to his, his status as uh, basically an angel in Tolkien's kind of uh, mythology. Hmm. Um, so you, you get looks into those types of things. You have those rings. You have the, the rings of men who essentially caused pseudo immortality, um, uh-huh. turned the wearers into undead essentially. Um, but what, what's really interesting about the one ring is no one really understood on middle earth what its powers were okay right. what the extent of it was and and it actually goes to a really interesting thing which you could call it an excuse for uh, uh you know leaving things out of writing or uh, you could do as i do and just be fascinated by it a lot of people will talk about how tolkien came up with the languages and then wrote a history to to basically like explain why those languages existed uh-huh but the origin of his writing actually goes like one level deeper. Tolkien was essentially immersed in like method acting for writers, method writing. Yeah. Okay. So he, he wrote the books as if he were a historian who had found the red book, which is the book that Bilbo and Frodo and Sam can be seen compiling during the series. And he's in fact just translating the stories of this ancient mythology. Gotcha. Um, that that could be seen. So, from the perspective of Tolkien, who's writing these things based on the Hobbits mostly perspective, yeah. with also some Elvish history, which is a lot of what Bilbo was doing while he was in Rivendell. Um, no one quite knows or understands the power of it. Okay. but they saw the destruction that it wrought. Okay. And it, so it, so it is kind of a cop-out answer, but it's also but, one but of those it's things that's like, like... No, it's not. It well, because I think, like, think about, like, for me, my wheelhouse being, being Thrones, like, there's so much stuff there that is also unexplained, and that's, that's not a cop-out. It's no. more of, like... There's shit in in the world that we live in that's unexplained, yeah. and there are things that happen every day that we don't have like the answers and the meaning behind, and we don't know like w- even like accurate depictions. Like people will go to college to study, you know, <laughs> medieval times and history, and we're still not entirely sure if if what we report and what we recorded is true. Correct. Ultimately, yeah. Like the way that Game of Thrones and the way that Lord of the Rings is written, and and George uses very similar kind of method. Like he's writing it as a historian, so it's kind of like this. Uh, Twitch, correct me if I'm wrong. Called unreliable narrator. Um, uh, like, not not he- not entirely, but well, because he's not his isn't omniscient. It's like Tyrion's POV, and Tyrion can lie to us. True. Like Tyrion can lie to the reader. But yeah. anyway, um. Like we don't know if if what they're saying is true or if if the yeah. history is actually accurate. And some of these like historians in in 
Game of Thrones, at least, I can say, are just blowing smoke. They're trying to make themselves look good, and so yeah. they'll lie. And I, I, yeah. that's those are things that I really like about the, like high fantasy and and really well and, and thought out worlds. That's something that I wish that the Fellowship was able to convey uh, better. That I I don't know how you do in film yeah. smoothly sure. without just like popping up a text box. <laughs> is from the time. Uh, Isildur dies at the very, very beginning prologue of the movie um, to the time that Frodo gets the ring from Bilbo. Mm-hmm. It's over 3,000 years. Yeah. yeah. Like I, I and and then that, from yeah. the time that Frodo gets the ring to the time that Gandalf is like, dude, you got to get out of there, yeah. is 17 years. So yeah, like, right. not only was it lost for three millennia, it took an angel, essentially, angel wizard, 17 years to figure out what it even was right so there very much is is some mystery around it yeah but the unfortunate thing is and why i definitely need to read the books especially before the next episode i hope to be able to contribute more to the story aspect of of the next time because i'll be way more prepared than i am presently but um like Movies got a movie sometimes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that's and that's that's kind of what it it comes down to. And it's it's one of those things where like I wish people would understand more like when they say like, oh, the movie wasn't as good as the book. Like, yes, that's true. Like that may very well be true that the movie was not good as as the book, but it's not necessarily because it's a movie. Because you're looking at two totally different mediums. There's two totally separate mediums here that are being looked at and examined. One, you have an easy way of conveying information to the audience, which is the book. Like mm-hmm. a lot more time, a lot more difficulty goes into like really fully planning out a story and stuff like that when you're putting it to pen like a prose and stuff like that. But with the movie, you have to do things in a very succinct way, in a very easy, digestible way. So, like, it's two totally different things. And I think one of the things here, though, why the ring is kind of an issue with me is that I'm – and you can correct me if I'm wrong in this. The book is not all about the ring, the three books, right? Um, The the Lord of the Rings series um... – that that period of time is called in Tolkien's history the War of the Ring. Okay. So so I would say that the Ring is is the focus. Okay, but is it one of those situations where like he doesn't just explore the Ring exclusively? Like it is like the it is the thing that drives them to do the adventure, but it is not necessarily about the Ring itself. So does that make okay, sense? Is, uh, I th- can I speak for you, Twitch? Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. It I, translates. I think what he's trying to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, Twitch, but I think what you're trying to say is like, is the book more about the character's journey than it is about the ring? Then the movie might make that correct seem to correct. be sometimes. Well, like the yeah. movie, I even felt that too, where it's just like this fucking ring, dude, is like Jesus Christ. But you guys like get that in a safety deposit box because that's like the most important thing in the galaxy right now. Whereas, like, is the book more like, here are these characters at conflict with themselves and each other, but there's also this ring. Yeah. Where it um, seems like the movie is like, here's this ring, but also there's the characters. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah that makes sense. Um, well, I th- I think that, that you'll maybe see that change a bit um, 
with the two towers and the return of the king. Yeah. Um, I, I would say that Frodo's perspective is incredibly ring focused. Yeah. Sure. Um, for all of the books. Um, and I think the fellowship of the ring more than anything, um, it, it attempts to be Frodo's perspective. Um, yeah. after the fellowship fractures, um, yeah, then it, the ring kind of becomes this far off final quest that we'll get to at some point. Maybe sure. is it still happening? What's even happening with that? Is Frodo dead? Like that's, that's where the minds of all of the other characters. Yeah. Goes. yeah, yeah. It kind of like um, splits. Yeah. 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 And even the way that the books are, are compiled is after the fellowship splits, when you start the two towers, you read about what happens with Frodo and Sam for, um, like a third of the book. And then you read about what happens with the rest of the fellowship for the other two thirds. Gotcha. And then you read about what happens to the other half of the fellowship for the first half of the return of the King. And then you come back to Frodo and Sam and their viewpoint. So, so it very much, it yeah, separates, separates yeah. them into two stories. Yeah. Um, gotcha. Super quick, Bill, because I will be reading these books quite soon. Um, can you tell me a few things? Just a few things regarding the book. I know Twitch, not 30 minutes ago, said that we were going to be avoiding the books. <laughs> I know, right? But I'm going to undermine True no-nothing nerd net. In true no-nothing nerd fashion, we're going we're gonna to not do that for just a second. It's not like we're not going to deep dive into the books. I'm just curious about two things. Is two it thi- – Yeah. Two, two things, and it's mostly like technical questions about the book. Um, is, is it like super, super omniscient godlike – uh, point of view where it's like I can hear everyone's thoughts at once or is it kind of limited to the character that we're focused on at the time so it is written as though Frodo is recording what happened with the other characters as he's being told about it in third and person in in third person so so she, everything she that, said, that said. you're seeing is technically like an after the fact hey well you guys were off and about so anything that's from Frodo's perspective that's a hundred percent. That's what happened. Cool. Um, even anything that happens from Sam's perspective is probably hundred percent happens. Yeah. But the rest of the fellowship, the rest of the characters, it's all like third party Intel. Yeah. 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 Uh, okay. That's good. Now, second question and know that I'm asking this because I hope it's true because I like books like this. Are they as detailed as the people say they are? Uh, they are in some certain some instances, and they yeah. aren't in others. So, like on the one hand, he'll describe the mist laying over the the rolling hills, yeah, for a full paragraph See, I like to set that. the mood. Yeah. On the other hand, uh, like you know, the Battle of Helm's Deep. I, I could be a little bit off on this, but it's not more than like a page or two. like like, he's basically like yeah so then they started fighting and then then, uh fighting (laughs) oh then this really important thing happens yeah and then this couple other really important things happen okay now the fight is about to be over and now i'll like actually get detailed about it what um (laughs) right which, which you have to think about it's from the perspective of 
people telling Frodo about what happened. Right. So, so if you're like, oh yeah, and then and then they fought and yeah, and yeah. Anyway. Like how how would you like right. how much detail True. are you going to go into? Gotcha. Which right. I think is one of the ways that as a kid I appreciated the movies way more because of the prevalence of the action scenes yeah. And, yeah. and the detail that goes into those. But now as I've gotten older, like more parts that got left out of the movies to make room for those action scenes. I'm like, we could have done a nine and a half hour fellowship. <laughs> of the Ring. We could have gotten a Snyder cut. We could have gotten a Snyder cut. Why, why, gotten a Snyder cut. why didn't we do a nine and a half hour? No, what, I, the, so, what the three and a half hour extended cuts, not even good enough for you, Bill. Oh, uh, no, I mean, it is, it is, but like, you know, I miss, I miss some of the homies they left out. Yeah. So I think I really like that. The, the difference between like book and film in that regard, where like the, the, so game of Thrones mostly to me and to a lot of other people who have spent a lot of time, probably, eh, I don't know. I've spent a lot of time researching Game of Thrones, and I've read all the source material many, many times, and I've read all the uh, like extended universe stuff, and read all George R. R. Martin's blogs and speculate, and I'm on the Reddit and everything like that. But like, there's a pretty big group of people who agree that Game of Thrones is an anti-war story, saying like, while everyone's concerned about war, the world is dying, and we're not worried about that. We're just pettying about who sits on the throne. And I really like that. But, like, a tele- a television show has to be interesting. And so they play up these battles like they're, like, this big epic thing. And I think Lord of the Rings did the same thing. Because I, I remember Helm's Deep pretty well. Um, and, like, but that's not the point of, like, that's not the point of the story. But I like that they're able to do both. Because, like, for the sake of entertaining a large audience of people, it, it, they they have to eventually get to a battle, like in a big medieval thing. Like, I think, yeah. I think uh, it, it's um, they're like contingent on each other, like big battles in medieval settings in in film. Like, that's just how it has to be. It's synonymous. Whereas, like the books, it seems like the Lord of the Rings, and then also Game of Thrones is more like, yeah, these battles are happening, but this stuff, this is the important stuff. Yeah. Um, except for the Battle of Blackwater and Game of Thrones, that's like a thirty-page battle. That's that's <laughs> a big, that's a big battle. <laughs> Even I got to the end of that one, and I was like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> so they fought. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, um, yeah, I. Yeah, I really don't know where to it. go from here. Yeah, Twitch I just didn't, didn't love, love it. it. I just didn't love That's it. That's fine. Um, um, I, I, I really want to read the books. I really do. Yeah. And I, I definitely didn't, like, not like the movie. But I still think, it, for me at least, it's still fallen short of, like, the first season of Game of Thrones yeah. in comparison. Gotcha. Do but you, I don't do even you, know if it's fair to compare the two. What were you gonna say? Do you have hopes like both of you? Do you guys have hopes for the uh, Amazon series? I certainly do. I'm very dropping? excited for the Amazon series. It's supposed to be late this year, right? I heard something like that. Yeah, but I don't know I, exactly. I am horrified. Are you? <laughs> I <laughs> am. I am very nervous. That adds and, up. Uh, that yeah. adds up. 
yeah it's uh i think one of the one of the things that comes through more in the fellowship than the other two which is is a plus is like it's almost like tolkien is just like looking for an excuse to try to like shed some wisdom okay like that's like a good chunk of especially a lot of the quotes that they pulled over like i i wrote down a few of just like you know bilbo having the the part where he's talking to Frodo and he says, I don't know why I took you in after your parents died, but it wasn't out of charity. It was because of out of all of my relatives, you were the one that showed real spirit. And like, I'm concerned that they will try to make the series much edgier than that. Oh yeah. Yeah. They're going to try and copy game of Thrones. Mm, It's not going to be, it's not going to be a fun, like hero story. Like, uh, like what's, uh, George Lucas said this about like a fairy tale, right? Where it's like, and good defeats evil in the end. I feel like now with game of Thrones, everything has to be edgy. Every fantasy show has to be like morally gray characters making hard, tough decisions. Now, the one thing that I will say Amazon has going for it, in my opinion, is the fact that it's set before the events of Lord of the Rings, and maybe it wasn't heroes and villains then. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It, I I think just in general, like it, sure. it's you know instead of having where you have like th- this this like inner conflict with Bilbo, where he's like, this is a man who's like genuinely considering why he's done what he's done with his life mm-hmm. and realizing that the thing that he's been praised the most for by his, his friends and neighbors was ultimately a selfish act. Hmm. Yeah. Like that's a level of like self contemplation that I haven't seen in modern, uh, shows. I, I don't think any of them. Yeah. Um, so, so I'm, I, I don't, I, I don't have a lot of hope that stuff that subtle Sure. but also kind of deep and relatable if you pause and think on it. I, I don't think that stuff is going to make it into a series. Because um, you think they'll be too focused on, like, making it gritty. Yeah, focused on making it gritty and focused on uh, the moral, morally gray characters, which I, I have nothing necessarily against, but it's very not how Tolkien wrote his material. Sure, sure. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. who knows? Maybe uh, I'll like, tell you I, I hope that, I'll be pleasantly surprised, but I'm scared for I'll sure. T- I'll tell you something that's concerning for me is the fact that Amazon keeps publishing stories about how it's the most expensive TV show ever made. And now that makes me worry that it's going to be like transformers where it's just going to be like, so CGI, much, just like yeah. so much all the time. Like, man, this was pretty for the, like, it'll make such a wowing first impression. And then it's just like, God, I'm exhausted of this. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see though. We will we'll see. see. I I'm like cautiously optimistic. I'll, I'll never kick more fantasy television out of my life. Like I'll never, deny that and i also do have a hunch that i will like simply adore these books um did you read the silmarillion yes yeah i have you did okay okay yeah definitely read the the regular trilogy first first so okay what came first the hobbit or lord of the rings because i had i've heard varying so from my understanding he was kind of writing the the whole thing 
Um, but the Hobbit was the first like put together thing that he did. Sure. And he gave it to the publisher and they were like, this is great. And then it sold great. And they were like, write us more of that. And he was like, he was like, Way okay, ahead of you. here's this 1600 page <laughs> book. Yeah. And they were like, Oh, Whoa. we wanted a kid's book. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll see what happens here. And then they saw what happened. Well, if right. uh, if I couldn't give you any more hope, Bill, um, maybe this will. Uh, the two creators for the show um, only really have one credit on their IMDb, and Fingers that's uh, uncredited writers for Star Trek Beyond, the third in the uh, Star mm. Trek reboots. Okay, now here's the thing. That either means that this is going to be horrible, trash garbage, yeah, or or... And I'm locking this one in now, just since <laughs> just since knowing that. This is my Vegas bet. This is Luke's okay. lock of the week. Okay, you ready for this? Got it. Ready. It's going to be the next Chernobyl. Oh, okay. Okay. Chernobyl. Okay. The creator of Chernobyl was striking out everywhere. Yeah. He was getting, like, some of the lowest oh, reviewed, rated yeah. Rotten Tomato stuff. Like, I'm talking low teens percents yeah. of ratings on his shows. And then... He released Chernobyl, which for like months was 100% on yeah. IMDb, 100% rated on IMDb. It was like yeah. the highest rated show that was ever released. So yeah. it's not to say that if you worked on something bad before that you Oh, I agree. I'm with you 100%. Something good. So I'm I'm That's, locking in. Yeah. I'm locking in that this is going to be a masterpiece now. Total 180 okay. masterpiece. <laughs> I'm very excited for this now. Get me on board. Fingers crossed. Bill's keeping his fingers crossed. <laughs> I, I'll I'll leave it to when it actually drops on Amazon. I'll definitely check it out. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'm curious about it. I'm, yeah. I'm very curious about it. I hope because this has been in the works for a while. Oh, it's been, it's been in the work for for, for years. So it's not to say that it couldn't come out in the later half of this year because of COVID. Like I feel like yeah. they were probably they've probably been in post production for years now, right? Years. I plural, have no idea. A I year. No idea. I don't know. Yeah. I feel like they could definitely push a late this year release. Yeah. The beautiful thing about like TV releases, they don't have to wait for theatrical release. And actually, yep. like tail end of COVID's probably not the greatest time to release a TV show because I don't know how many people are going to be like. Be like, yeah, uh, I can I'm go done outside of, again. Done with Netflix and chill. Time Fuck to that. watch a TV show. Yeah, <laughs> so that might be something. So, like, I don't know. Maybe you hold off until 2022. But yeah, but it kind of it kind of depends. Um, as a whole, though, what I really appreciate about Lord of the Rings is how it kind of grandfathered fantasy into the mainstream. No, it, that. It, out of all the things, I, I will I got to give full credit to Lord of the Rings for really introducing fantasy, uh, at least that type of fantasy, to a broader uh, audience. Yeah. Um, be, because without Lord of the Rings, there's no doubt about it. Game of Thrones wouldn't have gotten made. Absolutely, there's Absolutely. no there's no I mean, way, like no chance. Yes, he was inspired by a lot of things, but he was most heavily inspired by those books. Like that's yeah. in every single interview you hear Martin talking about the about about how he read The Hobbit and uh, and Lord of the Rings growing up, uh, and like yeah. how much of a lasting impression that had on him. Yeah, and even though like I you know I may not like the movie now, like I understand why it's so well liked and why yeah. the yeah what why that is, and I also I can't. 
I can't knock them for the success that they have and the uh, the way the ground that they broke with it. Like as far as technologies is one of the better uses of mocap back in the day. Um, They had really good for the time. Like they're they're definitely top notch with like utilizing CGI with live action in a pretty well way. Like now looking back upon it and stuff like that, stuff that happened in the mines is like rough (laughs) as fuck. (laughs) Uh, But as it's coming out, it's similar with Harry Potter and Star Wars too. Like where you're watching these things, you're like, how the fuck do they do that? Um, I want to say one thing to Bill, and then I want to hand the torch off to Bill. I don't necessarily feel like I need to say this, but I want Bill to know that I understand that Lord of the Rings is more than just the thing that inspired Game of Thrones. <laughs> Where I feel like all I've talked about Lord of the Rings in capacity is how it eventually got to Game of Thrones. I understand that it is something else entirely. Uh, I, I do know that. It's just in my in my world, it's how we got to it's how we got to Game of Thrones. Yeah. I I want to give you a chance to like talk about some of your favorite things about uh, this film in particular. Um, and just like some of your more fond memories of it. Like what's the best scene in your opinion, things like that. Like I, like I want to just kind of give you the spotlight for a few minutes and just hear some of your thoughts on the movie itself. Yeah. Great. Uh, can I, uh, can I end the pseudo spoiler free era? Oh, now? Yeah, we're, yeah, we're, we we're well past that. We're, well I mean, past that we've, now. we've mentioned yeah. some things, but yeah. Um, well, let's, uh, I think something that, that I used to not appreciate about, uh, about the fellowship that I appreciate much more now is all of the time spent in the Shire. Um, oh yeah. Because I think as a kid, it was kind of like, you know, get, to, get to the story, get to the yeah, story, yeah, get yeah, to yeah. the traveling, get to the fight and get sure. to the, you know, there's ring wraiths and, and orcs and stuff. We gotta, we gotta deal with those. Um, but I, as I've gotten older, I think something that I find really impressive that they were able to do in this movie is if, if you can manage to put yourself in Frodo's shoes during the first part of this uh, movie, like there's nothing that I would want to change about that life. Sure. Yeah. Like it's a quiet, small knit community. Yeah. Um, you're, you're well respected, well liked. Um, you, you have, you know, a house that's been passed down for generations. You, you, it's a peaceful land. There's no wars. There's no, you know, famine. Everything is as it should be rolling green Hills and, and safety. And, and what I think is so cool is how well, um, Elijah Wood does early on at being like the reluctant hero. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah. like he does a great job of being like, uh, okay, fine. I'll just, I'll put it in this chest and never think about it again. Okay. Mm-hmm. Bye. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then, and then when he's told, you know, like, Hey, you got it. You got to go right yeah. now. He's kind of like, what? I'm like, I'm not supposed to leave. Like this yeah. is, this is my home. Um, and, and even all the way through to uh, at Rivendell, He's hanging out with Sam after he's up and walking again, and it. I really enjoy that this is in the extended cut. He says, like, uh, uh, Sam, I think, says, 
like we did it, you know, <laughs> like we did it. We did what we set out to do. We can go home now. Yeah. Um, and what it would take for me, who's just been on this harrowing journey where I've been stabbed and within an inch of my life and exposed to all of these powers that are so much greater and more horrifying than I am. Like what it would take for me to stand up in a circle of literal princes and Kings. Um, also an angel wizard and say, (laughs) (laughs) and say, I'll do it. Yeah. Hmm. Like, there's no possible way that he could have been around this object that the angel wizard is scared to touch. Yeah. Yeah. There's no way he sat at that meeting and thought it's going to be fine. Right. We like, I can do this and then, you know, I'll go back home and things will be Mm -hmm. like what it would take for me to like uh, do what Frodo did, I think is, set in more and more as I've gotten older and more comfortable with the world of just like Frodo's a really well-written character. And I think they did a great job like showing the turmoil and the like longing to just have a peaceful life. Yeah. Yeah. I think it did a great job of that. And I I think it's become my favorite part of the fellowship for sure. And I think like that's been done and it, it like that, refuse the call or like people not wanting to shake up their life. But I think more often than not, especially fantasy stories is like people dreaming of another life. Like I think Harry Potter is a pretty, pretty cut and clear example of that of like Harry Potter's life pre Hogwarts is fucking shitty. Yeah. Like he's abused. Like it's just not a good time to be Harry. And then like suddenly he gets this palace that he gets to roam around and he's a wizard and he can fly and play Quidditch and all these things. And like every year is a new adventure for him. And he's so like, he hates going back. He's so excited to leave every year. Um, Whereas like the Lord of the Rings is kind of unique in that aspect of like what they had was great. Yeah. And what they had to go do was horrible. (laughs) Yeah. It was not fun and it was life threatening, but like still. And I think that that's something that audiences can relate to more where it's like, God, I have to like go to work again or like I have to do these things again. Like that's a feeling that everyone can can get behind. Yeah, for sure. And and the people having it don't turn out to be, you know, the son of Lily and James Potter and <laughs> yeah, you know, right, millionaires exactly. and ultra powerful. And right. Right. Like, I think that's even a problem in game of Thrones where it's like history is so like there are the big people and then there are the little people, you know what I yep. mean? Um, right. And that's the, that's one of the things that like, like is really good about that is because like the Frodo character, like, even though like he is the nephew of Bilbo, who is like the famous one in yeah. the Shire and stuff like that, he's still as equal. Like Frodo himself is just as equal as the other people. Like as far as the movie is concerned, he's just yeah. as equal as the other ones. Like he unfortunately gets tasked with this because his fucking uncle decides to go to Elfland uh, for. <laughs> Uh, retirement, you know, and Bill, Bill and screen. I, Bill and I are the know nothings in this episode. <laughs> in case that wasn't clear, or uh, Twitch and I, sorry, sorry, yeah, Twitch yeah, and I yeah. 
Pitch I know it's called Rivendell. I just wanted to poke some fun. Um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that, that's definitely one of the cool things about that is that yeah. like it, he, he is literally the everyman in this scenario. Like he's not, he doesn't have any special powers. Uh, he doesn't have any magic to him or anything like that. Like he is a nobody. So like he's, he's the perfect vessel for the audience to follow along with. Like as far as screenwriting goes, it's like beautiful when you can do that. Like that's, that's one of the reasons why I didn't really get into like superhero movies too. And why I also think, I think syndrome is such a good anti-hero in the Incredibles. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he wanted to give everyone superpowers and the, you know, famous quotable line is because when everyone's super, no one will be. Yeah. It's like, if I need Tony Stark's money or like whatever the fuck made Superman powerful or like Hulk's thing. Like if I need nuclear radiation to be special, then like, I guess I'm not going to be special. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. And the Lord of the Rings really elevates that of like every, every person can be, can do like incredible things. Now I will say like, even though, yeah, even though I don't, they're, even though I'm not a huge fan of it anymore, like the one thing that I still liked going back through this is I like the uh, relationship that Frodo has with Aragon in the fellowship, specifically that last moment that Aragon and Frodo share where like, it's just so beautiful and poetic the way that uh, Aragon like says like, I, I understand. I understand why you have to leave because I know that if you stay with us, the temptation is going to be too great for us. Yeah. Like he, he understands what the mission is and he understands that the, the true purpose uh, of the mission is. And like, it's also a, a kind of like a, a selfless act in a way, a very protective selfless act because like Bormir if he would have continued on like and not hit his head, like they would have been having elf stew or uh hobbit stew uh, that night. And he'd be wearing a nice <laughs> new fancy piece of jewelry. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. so do yeah, we, I, th- what do, do we have like final thoughts? Do we have final, final, uh, final I think pre- I've said pre-quizzes? my word enough <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> on it. Billy, you got any final thoughts on Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring? Um, I think that if everyone had Gandalf as a friend, uh, a lot of the problems in our world would no longer exist. Uh, even if he had none of the, even oh. if he had none of the powers, if he was just whispering in people's ears, like, okay, okay, I I know, I now know why Gandalf spent so much time at the Shire. It's because Gandalf was a freaking pothead. Like, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Dude was all about the shy, uh, the Shire oh, yeah. and its green. Oh yeah. <laughs> Good God! I can't believe. Like it took me, it took me what twenty plus years to finally realize. Like, oh, Gandalf's just a toker. That's why he goes there. Like that scene with him and uh, uh, Bilbo, or was it him and Frodo smoking the weed? No, it's him and Bilbo, Bilbo smoking yeah. uh, the pipes at the beginning. Like long God bottom dang leaf. It. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and the fact that he calls it weed, like 
or he's, uh, somebody says something about him in the Hobbit's weed. plant. Yeah, Hobbit's yes. plant. Oh gosh, God. Or is it grass? It's, uh, something like that. Yeah, yeah. the Hobbit's uh, reefer. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but um, but really, like he's a he's a great mentor character. Oh, yeah, for I, sure, oh, absolutely. And and I love uh, my. F- uh, my runner-up favorite to just like the general theme of Frodo leaving the Shire is when they're sitting in Moria and you know they've just walked through rooms full of dead people and it, they haven't had the showdown with the cave troll and stuff yet yeah so, it, you know it pretty traumatizing right tried to go over the mountain got cast down by a scary wizard uh also angel wizard um, got to go to the mines, get attacked by a giant kraken thing, and then walk through a mass grave of dwarf things that have been dead for a long time. Yeah. And now they're lost, and they're being followed by a creepy crawly. And Frodo just looks at Gandalf and is like, I wish none of this had happened. I wish the ring had never come to me. <laughs> Oh, that's excellent. And Gandalf, in, like, I feel like it, this could just be me being cynical about society, but I feel like if this were written today, Gandalf would have been like, you're right. It's not fair. Um, here, give it to us and we'll take it from and here. We'll, right. No worries, little buddy. Why but don't Gandalf, you sit this one out? Right. But Gandalf says, so do all who live to see such times, implying that he is also like, yeah, yeah. he's like, dude, like, I yeah, this is here. not. Okay, good. here's a question: <laughs> um, Is that a direct line from Tolkien? Yes. Okay, yes, those are is. the bits that I really, absolutely love about the movie, where it actually yeah. really works for me. Is like I can tell those moments are like, okay, this one is written by Peter Jackson. Nope, this one was written by Tolkien. Like, there's yeah. a certain way that sure. like. And you could tell that the actors have more fun with those moments when it's like yeah. a Tolkien I, line versus I feel the same a Jackson way about, line. I feel the same way about Game of Thrones. I think the best yeah. lines in the show are the ones that George wrote. Can I Can I not complain about it, but can I gripe about one thing, one final thing? Yeah, about the and then we're going to move yeah, to the quiz. It. And then we'll move to the quiz. Now, th- th- this, this is probably going to be a common theme moving forward, especially as I read the books. Some of the names are a little much for me. And now listen, like I, I understand Star Wars has this problem too. And like Game of Thrones to an extent where I, I really think like the Targaryens and the Giants have some wild names. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know where this like stigma came from fantasy that you have to just like mash your keyboard to make a place or a name. But Lord of the Rings I feel like has the brunt of it. Where like there are a lot of places that I have not memorized yet, and I understand I've really only seen the movie once. But still, like sometimes I will hear something and be like, "Yep, I'm just not going to worry about that. That is that is mountain place or tree land or like like that is that is how <laughs> yeah. I'm choosing. That is what I'm naming you this time." Uh, and maybe one day, like maybe with the books, like the first time I read Game of Thrones, I had to like get a piece of paper and just write things down. And I'm sure I'm going to have to treat Lord of the Rings the same way because that's just kind of how I I'm very visual. Um, and maybe that was kind of the downside of me watching the movie first where I, like I kind of missed out on that. But when I read the book, I definitely need to like take out a sheet of paper and write things down and be like, this is this and this is what this is. 
but but yeah, I think that uh, I know all of the big fantasy writers listen to our show, and so I need y'all to hear <laughs> our words right now, or my words especially. Like, there's nothing wrong with naming your fantasy land New York. There really isn't, in my opinion. <laughs> and make like, it phonetically why, simple. Yeah, like why not name your main character Dave? Like it just it just. <laughs> These these are the things that I want, damn it. Yeah, no, I I'm with you. Like uh I got Saruman and oh, I'm going to fuck it up even now. Sauron <laughs> and Saruman, Saruman, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I I could I would always screw up their names like when I was talking about it. I was like, you know, like the big eye thing, Saruman. Like, no, 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 that's the wizard dude. I was like, you're talking about what? Sauron. Yeah. It's yeah. things like that. Yeah, and no, I get that Game of Thrones does the same thing. I'm not yeah. giving Game of Thrones the pass. I'm just saying that no one should do it. I'm I'm now, with you on cool, some things. Yeah, one of the cool things uh, is that Tolkien's like written out the languages, so all of the names have meanings in all of these languages. Sure. Um, but the other nice thing that Tolkien does for us, or mean thing, this is my yeah. last fun fact, I suppose. Um, did you guys know that the names of the hobbits? Uh, he actually translated farther than just out of uh the western um language and he actually made them into english names so that we would have an easier time with the main characters like samwise yeah so samwise's actual name is banazir oh Jesus. Ah, so he did make it easier but also kept yes. in the nerdy bits yes frodo I is like maura peregrine took is razanur Good God. Oh, wow. Marriottock Brandybuck is Kalamak Brandagamba. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, it sure is. There you go. There's oh the last my uh, God. random, random deep dive Token, into the appendices what a fact. nerd. That is what, what a, a nerd. What a nerd. Good for you Absolutely. for knowing that. Uh, <laughs> speaking of nerds. Uh, Wait, hang on. Before oh, we get to oh, the quiz, is there man. special quiz music that I can do with the Lord of the Rings? I have no idea. You can find something, I'm sure. Is it, it? I'll I'll find something. Okay. I'll find something. Okay. It's time for the know something quiz. Cue that music, future me. Oh yeah. Oh traveler, oh traveler, come hear what I've found. A discovery of knowledge, its vastness abound. A tale of a test of a trap at its best. A quiz of one mind sent out to two kinds. One may win, the other must lose, and one must be the one to choose. Who will be victorious on this great night, and who will be the one to drop dead of the plight? It's the it's the quiz. That's that's what this that's what this bit is. It's the uh, the know something quiz. Yep, it's the no. It is time for the know something quiz. You know, you know. Back to normal form ish again. Uh, so this week, uh, I have been the only one to prepare questions. So no, we decided this way earlier. This we, isn't on me. <laughs> uh, so uh, how it's so going to play out So do you remember we changed it a little bit in the past before yeah. we had said that the person who picks the topic or the person who is the know something about the topic would come with the questions. 
That is true. We did kind of change that. So, Bill, up. ask your questions. Oh, man. No. <laughs> I can, I can rapid-fire some random questions. No, I kind of like the idea of Twitch asking us questions, but maybe it's like uh, Bill gets three and I get three kind of thing. Yeah, we can definitely do that. I just definitely know I'm going to get them wrong. I'll throw you all the hardball questions, Luke, and okay. give uh, – <laughs> Give me the passes. Give you the yeah. passes. Uh, no. Um, so I'll just kind of go down the list. Uh, I'll start out with uh, Bill first. I'll ask you the first question, um, and then we'll Bill move on Bill is the to. first hmm. guest contender yeah. on the Know Something on Quiz. On the Know yeah. Nothing yeah. Quiz. This is, this oh, Know Something Quiz. Yes, Know yes. Something Quiz, correct. We've changed the because name I've a couple learned. of times. Yeah. I've yeah. learned. Because you've learned. Yes. Uh, so, yeah, first one on here. Um let me see. Let me get get a good. I'm one. not going to know a single one. one of these. Watch. <laughs> okay. Uh, here is a. Here's a here's a here's a hard one. Uh, what did Sauron pour into the One Ring? Uh, all of his malice, greed. Uh, those are the only ones I can think of. Okay. I know there's one more. You got right? one out of the three. Cruelty, oh, is it really? malice, and Cruelty, will to dominate malice. all life. Ah, uh, yes. Dude, Good. I hey, never better than what Luke would have done. He would have gotten like he poured metal I was gonna be into like, the ring. No, no, no. I was going to be like he, 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 he like poured out his cold soup. <laughs> Down the drain because he, he was he was done eating dinner and he didn't want to keep it for leftovers. Okay, uh, now for uh, Luke's softball question. Uh, here. Okay, this better be a real, genuine softball question. What do men desire most of all? What do men desire most of all? Yep. Hang on. Don't do this. The is it the is it just the ring? Nope. Think a little bit more esoterically. Not physical. Does Bill know? I I do know, and you're kind of right. Yeah. Like you could say you're that the, the ring power kind of bingo. Yeah. Yeah, baby. That's correct. Power. <laughs> Yes. All right. Uh, Wait, is Bill getting two two points? I'm giving him one point. Uh, well, no, I'll give him two points for it. Um, I want to uh, know how many yeah. doodings I have to add on his thing. No, just give him one ding, and you're, one you got ding. one ding as well. And I got one ding. Yep. Yep. Okay. Ding and if we ding. get if we get it wrong, we get an eh, and then yeah. which gets a ding. Except I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do that because that would just get confusing for the audience. Get ding 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 all over the place. Yeah, look, right. at, look at us dinging each other. That's right, Twitch. Okay, this is a this. This is a story question. Um, what is the subtext to the looks and dialogue from Galadriel in regards to Boromir and Sam? Uh, 
Oh man, there's so much. Okay, okay. So let's talk about this for a moment. <laughs> Boromir is is a great warrior, renowned in his homeland for the battles that he's he's fought and waged, uh, and to, for all appearances. Galadriel looks at him and he just starts crying. Yes. Like, let's talk about how crazy that let, is. Let me, let me um, get a little bit specific here. Let me give you a little <laughs> bit specific here. Okay. So keep the, the looks that uh, Galadriel gives Boromir and Sam. But along the lines of this, the quest stands upon the edge of a knife, stray but a little, and it will tell, uh, it will fall to ruin of all. Yet hope remains while the company is true. What is the subtext of that in regards to Boromir and Sam? Uh, in the movie. Fine. In the movie. It's <laughs> oh, fine. It's the knife's edge that Boromir is going to knock the quest off of by trying to take the ring. And Sam's going to save the day because he's Sam and he's great. <laughs> Bravo. But also, Bravo. But also, but also, in that, when you see Boromir start crying, most people think uh, that... Galadriel's like making him see that he's about to betray Frodo, right? Yeah. Like that's what most people conclude. Yeah. But in the extended version, you actually get to see him talk about it. And she's not show she's not like giving him that image. She's giving him the image of Gondor falling. Yeah. Which yeah. is like so much more. Yeah. It's it ha- it has a more it has a deeper Ugh. layer to it than what we see in just the regular regular one like right. in a lot of ways that kind of that kind of tips him into taking the ring you know yeah yeah like the final bit of fear <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> okay blame galadriel another another Very hopefully well softball question for <laughs> luke how many rings were made how in the movie how many rings did we see get made Seven? Nope. For the Dwarf Lords. Is it 20? Bingo! Got it. 20 rings were made. Is my math correct on that, Will? (laughs) Oh, yeah. 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 One plus three plus seven plus nine. Yep. Pulled that okay. one out of your butt there a little bit. I did. Didn't I genuinely you? did. I genuinely did. I knew it was. I knew it was. I knew it was more. I, here's the thing. I knew it was more than than fifteen. If it wasn't seven, or if it wasn't seven, I knew it was more than fifteen. Yeah. All right. Will uh, here or Bill? Here is your last question. What is the password into the minds of Moria? Melon. Bingo. Jesus. There you Christ. go. I'm so glad I'm not getting Bill's questions. (laughs) All right. Here is the last question for Luke. Hey, this is going to be a queen sweep for uh, all of you pretty much. Uh, Okay. You're you're giving me way too much credit. Yeah. Hey, it's good good news for you, though. All right. Here's the last question, and this is a story question. Oh, God. Why does Frodo give a look of fear and disgust when Bilbo tries to grab the ring from him in Rivendale? Like philosophically speaking, yeah. Is it another power dynamic thing of like 
why why is why is Frodo mentally like what what is going through his head mentally as he looks uh has that look of fear and disgust when Bilbo tries to grab him I kind of this is this is going to sound dumb but I kind of want to like hear the answer cuz I like I know it's uh, it's here, but I don't know necessarily how to like articulate it. Does that make sense? Okay. I think gotcha. I'll take the L on that. Okay, and then I uh, want to hear. It's because he realizes his uncle is a big perv. I think yeah, like it. I, I was gonna say like more of like a <laughs> uh, in, in, in probably more words than that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, no, no. That's not the reason why I why he looks at him in fear. No, it's actually because he sees what his future is. Oh, I don't I wouldn't have got that. Yeah. That's why he was so fearful because he sees what uh the ring did to Bilbo and that's why he looks sure. at his uncle with so much disgust because he sees what his future is going to be. Sure. So. Sure, sure. Nice storytelling moment in that in that. You you, that. you had to you had to jinx me by saying clean sweep. Yeah, I did. Which, yes, I did. <laughs> but hey, we got through it. Hey, you got two out of them. Two out of them. I know. Them. I'm shocked. I really thought I was yeah. going zero for three on that. Nah. Nah. And then Oof. Bill doing a rock star job on it. Um, I Bill, the questions you I'm had. A, I'm I, a little... I'm a little that? sad that I missed the, the will to dominate all life. Yeah. Such a scary, scary phrase for the... Uh, the prologue Galadriel. Yep. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good. So yeah, that's it for us this week. Any final parting words uh, for us, Bill? I think I think just it's worth mentioning that like yes, we've been doing this now for what three years, four years. Yeah. And like no, we haven't committed an episode to this now. Uh, like this is the first time we've really like spent probably any more than a couple of minutes discussing Lord of the Rings. Yeah. And now it's like we are devoting an episode. We're probably going to devote at least two more is what I would like to say. I'd like, to, I'd, I'd like to make it a series. Yeah. Um, And, and like, it's surprising that the dives we've taken into nerd fandoms, we've talked, we talked about fantasy football before we even talked about the Lord of the Rings. Right. It's kind of crazy because, like, to think about. Yeah, yeah. Because just like the, the Mark, that, that it's left on. And I touched on it a little bit before we even started talking about it. It's like, it's left impressions on me before I even saw it for the first time. Like yeah. that's, that should tell you something about the reach that something like this has and the, the mark that's left on society. And so like, thank you, Lord of the Rings for, for doing that. Um, I think that's all I have to say on the matter. Yeah. Bill, any final words from you? Uh, you know, just, uh, May the hair on your toes never fall out. I think. <laughs> oh, good one. Uh, so yeah, thank you for being our uh, guest uh, um, for this. Uh, yeah, it's always good to have something that actually know knows what they're talking about <laughs> yeah. when we do subjects yeah. like this. Um, so yeah, it gives us a lot more insight. Uh, and I, yeah, I agree with Luke. I want to do more of uh, these episodes uh, to actually finish out the trilogy um yeah. and hopefully revisit the uh 
series once it comes out um, would be awesome. Um, and Luke will have possibly finished the books by then. Um, I still probably won't have dived into them because uh, I do enough reading in my job as is. I don't need yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Twitch's reading has really been cut anymore. down now. <laughs> like, I haven't read this many pages of anything uh, in this short a time in forever. Like, it's crazy um, the amount of reading I do. But that's it for us this week. Uh, we will be joining you. When we join you again, uh, I yes. know that we are uh, consistently inconsistent, and it's going yes. to stay that way, uh, but uh, we'll be getting back to you. Um, we don't have a subject picked yet, but we can assure you that we will definitely have a subject for next time. There's a lot of nerdy stuff that's coming up. Um, we got Marvel, which is uh, finishing up uh, Winter Soldier. Um, they're going to be releasing a lot of stuff soon, uh, throughout the summertime. I'm really excited about, uh, uh, Shang-Chi. How did fat or, uh, uh, Feige pronounce it? Shang-Chi is how I know it. Uh, no idea. Martial arts Bill movie. And I on this one. Yeah, I know. I actually am excited about this because it's martial arts, kung sure. fu type thing. And I love like, if they're doing it like Jackie Chan style, like with the action, I'm 100% on board um, with that movie. Uh, and I'm just excited about uh, some of the other stuff that's coming down the, the pipeline with movies and TV series and stuff. So we'll definitely have a subject uh, next time. But yes, until next time. Bye. Oh, wait. I need to I need oh. pimp our shit. Oh, they know where to find us. They're Find fine. us on Facebook, Know Nothing Nerds, Twitter, KN Nerds, uh, Gmail, Know Nothing Nerds, Gmail, um, uh, Pornhub, Know Nothing Jesus Nerds, Christ. do, do naughty. I have, I, you know where to find us. Just look up Know Nothing Nerds in your search bar and we'll pop up on all the social God medias. damn it, Twitch. We almost made it. We almost made it through. <laughs> <laughs> we got so close <laughs> follow us on all those places uh you know where to find us subscribe uh check us out um download more of our episodes we have a pretty big catalog as of now um that if you're missing out on us go back and listen to us be some idiots some more um also our episode length curve is uh growing yes we're we're getting longer and longer episodes. Yeah, less I think content, that, but longer content. <laughs> but longer content. <laughs> so yeah, we'll see you next time, boys and girls. Bye. Bye. Adios. i
Before you can continue, you must answer these questions. They have been prepared. No, that's stupid too. Jesus Christ. Not too long ago, in three corners of the United States, two know-nothings and one know-something met to discuss an ancient magic, long thought forgotten by the nations at large. Many wept. Many were curious, would the know-nothing nerds discuss this topic, one that fostered so many of our favorite things today, books, television shows, music, and movies. That's right, this long-forgotten magic has now been entered into the world again, breathing new life for new content to come from its ashes the Know Nothing Nerds and Bill will discuss things tonight that many thought were impossible to discuss. That's right. Tonight's episode is about. That's right. And now welcome. No, that's dumb. That's dumb. <laughs> oh my god. 